Pleasant good evening to you and welcome to another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. It is great to be back with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, if you've been with us before, you know this is where we stop by each and every week to get powered up and energized for the week ahead and to remind ourselves of the important life goals that we have set out for ourselves. So it is great to be back with you right here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, we always have a great interview for you, some inspirational um, music, and a tip of the week. So this week is no exception with, well, just one exception. <laughs> we probably won't have time for the tip of the week this week, so we will be sure to bring it to you next week because today we have a very special interview as all our interviews are special uh, that we bring you here on Untapped Potential. But today we're looking at the film and theater industry as it relates to Dominica. So again, the film and theater industry as well as the, the opera industries as it relates to Dominica, because we have to continue to innovate. We have to find new and creative ways to create employment for our people in Dominica. So we are going to be speaking with Mr. Sobers Esprit as well as Miss Kanika Ambrose. And Kanika Ambrose is right here in the U.S. Well, no, she's actually in Canada. She's out of Canada, but she has Dominican parents and she's been able to create a path of success for herself in the theater and opera industry in Canada. So we're going to bring you that interview and I'll play you uh, most of that interview with Kanika and Sober's um, Esprit on the importance of looking at the film, theater, and opera industry as it relates to Dominica. So again, thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential. I always look forward to being in your company every week right here on TDN Radio. Uh, we always like to start the program on a note of gratitude. So what are you grateful for um, today? What are you grateful for this week? As for me, on Sunday, August 27th, uh, Sophia turned 12, so she celebrated her 12th birthday. I cannot believe that in just one more year, she will be a teenager. Where does the time go? Where does the time go? The time just simply flew by and looks like next year we will have a teenager, a beautiful and such an intelligent and caring young lady. Um, 
Sophia is. So we are truly grateful for her. We're grateful for her life. We're grateful for her successes today. So last weekend, the weekend of uh, August 27th, we had quite a celebration because, you know, her birthday is the 27th and her grandfather's birthday is the 26th. So we made a huge celebration. Uh, the in-laws came down from New York and we had a pool party. We had a backyard pool party. So we are grateful that everyone is happy and healthy and alive and we're able to celebrate together. So again, welcome to the program. Don't forget if you can think of anything to be grateful for, remember that you woke up this morning. So that is a great place to start with regards to being grateful. So we're looking forward to presenting this program to you this evening, our interview, as well as some good music. And you know, the Creole season is quickly approaching us. Uh, we celebrate Dominica's independence on November 3rd, but the entire month of October is spent in celebration of Dominica's independence. So we want to get an early start. You know, our music is such an important part of our culture. So we want to get an early start and always remember and to celebrate our music, our culture, our heritage, our cuisine, our fashion, all that makes us beautiful and unique in Dominica and the Caribbean. So let us get the program off and running today with this number from Tony Valmore, um, a wonderful Kadas uh, Lipso from Tony Valmore, a uh, song entitled Chate. So let's get the program off and started with this number from Tony Valmore, and I think he was part of uh, Liquid Ice, if someone cares to correct me. So let's get the program off and started with him, and then stay tuned for our interview for this week. Yo, yo, play con sa. Yo, Dios, 
into this particular industry? Was it something that was maybe a hobby of yours and then it became your career? So just kind of walk us through your journey a little bit. Yeah, sure. So um, anybody who's familiar with my dad um, knows that he was, he's, he's a very musical person. He um, he's, does drumming, like djembe. Um, he does dub poetry, writes his own poetry. So from a very young age, um, even though we were living in Canada, my parents placed a really high importance on preserving and passing on our cultural heritage onto me. They tried with my brothers too, but it, <laughs> it worked better for me. Um, so I was involved in Caribbean cultural dance classes from the time I was two or three years old. And I would also perform with my dad. Um, I performed with my dad in his 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 dub poetry and with the Dominica Association here in Canada. I would I was involved in the dance groups there, and um, and would sing and any kind of involvement that there was, I was involved as a young child. So it started with that. It started with um, cultural events here in Canada. Then um, when I went into high school, I didn't realize what I was doing was actually theater until the drama school teacher, the drama teacher in high school told me, hey, you know that what you're doing there, it's theater. And so she asked me to join the, the drama club and, that, and I did. And I started to write my own, um, my own monologues, my own pieces to perform. And I performed them in the Black History Month assemblies and then in the school plays. And then the things I started writing started winning awards in high school. So one of the awards, I think when I was in grade 11 or 12, well, I think 11, so almost finished high school, um, was to go and, and perform in a professional theater festival. And, um, and that's when I saw that there was an opportunity for this to be a career when I was about 16 years old. And so I decided to pursue it as a career. Um, and my parents encouraged me. I told them, hey, I want to be an actor and a writer and I want to go to I want to go to art school. And they didn't deter me from that. So I went and I got uh, my university education as an actor. Um, and in the meantime, I continued to write and perform my own work around the city. And then from there, that's it. I just continued to perform. Eventually, I decided I didn't want to be an actor anymore, and I wanted to focus all my energy um, into becoming a playwright, and I did. I also had a great love for opera that I I started um, going to the opera as a teenager. Um, 
there were programs in the schools that would take us to opera and it, I really caught on with it. Um, and I kept going to free programs and there was lots of initiatives for youth to go and see it. So I would see it for free um, for many years. Um, so yeah, so once I, I, I decided I didn't want to be an actor anymore and focus on playwriting, um, I got an opportunity from a company here to also pursue and explore opera libretto writing. And that became something that was really like stuck with me and something I, I really fit well with. And that company decided to commission, support, pay for my first my first opera. So um, so that's that's the journey so far. Mm-hmm. I've also worked um, in arts administration. So I've worked um, for theater companies in administration, um, in um, artistic leadership, because uh, artistic producer, artistic director, programming other people's work um, as ways to support myself as I built my career and also as a, as a passion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the journey kind of. Fantastic, fantastic. Congratulations on the successes um, today. And so, as we already have so much to unpack just based on what Kanika is saying, because mm-hmm, she talks mm-hmm. about passing on her parents, passing on our culture to her, right, although yeah. she did not grow up in Dominica. She took in ballet classes, even if she wasn't mm-hmm. in Dominica, just immersing her in the culture so that she knows her identity. She mm-hmm. knows where she comes from. She always, she also talks about her parents not discouraging her, but encouraging her and then having that path to make this right. a career. So what is your feedback so far, Sobers? Yeah, I mean, so, so, so that is one of the challenges that we are faced with, not just in Dominica, but throughout the Caribbean, creating pathways for people in the arts, you know, where arts and culture can be a profession, can be a career. You know, we, we, I mean, clearly that is not encouraged in the Caribbean for the, for the, for the, for the greater part, except maybe in music to some extent, mm-hmm. um, where that is probably the area where we have some competitive advantage globally, but in the other areas like theater, like film and fashion and design, uh, no, people, those people think those things are hobbies, you know, things you can do on the side. And so we have always discouraged, um, young people to go into those areas as careers. And so we see it in terms of the education system. We are not providing enough opportunities in terms of educating this generation and future generations in the arts. You know, we have very, very little education in terms of designing our school system. And I'm talking about even basic art um, classes in our school system. The drama programs are really very few and in bet- and far in between. And, and, and so, that is the problem we that's one of the crucial problems we face so one is in terms of the education and training opportunities that we lack two is we do not see art and culture as an opportunity for career and career development and three as a society we think that art and culture is not particularly relevant it's not it's not a uh, it's not a viable option for mm-hmm. us to build an for us to build our economy so i think these are these are some of the challenges these are some of the of the, the problems that we are faced with, and we have to change that mindset going forward. And I think it's, it's, we are getting there. There, yeah. there is a certain kind of consciousness about that, but we have a lot of work to do. The reality is, if we're going to change that mindset, if we're going to 
get on to that next step um, forward, there's going to have to be a lot of work in so far as doing that. Mm -hmm. so, so, so here is why. I think the question we, we have to ask ourselves in Dominican and Caribbean, why are, why are we talking about art and culture? As you said, from, you say financial, you say mm -hmm. how that we can monetize them then, instead of being a hobby, instead of being a side thing. How, why are we doing, why are we talking about that in this day and age? Well, we're talking about it for one, for number one, this is a, it's a trillion dollar industry. Yeah. Globally, creative and cultural industries accounts for well over $1.6 trillion annually. And that's with a T, not a B, a T. A T. Two, create millions of jobs across a wide range of professions, from writers, producers, directors, um, produce, I mean, um, technicians, um, accountants and, and, and attorneys and related fields. Four, it is one of the fastest growing sectors in the, in the global economy, outperforming most sectors in the global economy. The, in fact, the, 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 the stats shows that the sector grows on average by 8%. Most sectors don't grow by, you know, by two and three percent with points, you know. And so, and, 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 and the other thing is that to recognize that art and culture or the cultural industries, and, and let, me, let me just use, use, use the cultural and creative industries, is part of a, an emerging sector, a major global sector, which is the knowledge or digital economy. Mm -hmm. Which is the biggest and the largest sector in the, in the in the world today? Yeah, you know, and and so so we are really in the post-industrial revolution time. We are in the digital era, and so and so our talent, our creativity, must be harnessed for us to build an economy, to build a stronger society, to create products and services that the world can in fact consume, but also to give us a, a greater sense of who we are and to stand up and be proud as people in the, in the global community. And we are seeing it, Caribbean, Caribbean people have in fact given to the global stage a fair amount in that sector. Again, is it music with people like Bob Marley and, and, and the Whalers, uh, with people like Rihanna in recent times, but even in Dominica, Dominican artists, Dominican musicians have, have performed, have outperformed, in fact, original counterparts in the music. When you, when you see where Canada Calypso has, has, has gone to, where we see what Bunyan is doing. However, and, and, and we've seen in the, in the, in the, in the visual arts, we have, we, and, and performing arts, people like Alwyn Bully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tremendous asset too. Yeah, and I and I and I want to I want to come so, back. Um, yeah. yeah, I want to come back Sobas because I want to talk about. I know um, you're correct me if I'm wrong. The spokesperson of the Alwyn um, Bully Foundation, yes. the Dr. Alwyn Bully Foundation. So I want to come back and talk yeah. to you about that. But let me just go back to Kanika for a little while because Kanika, I know that you've had you've taken several trips to Dominica. And given the path that you have journeyed on so far, 
if you were to advise maybe the government, the officials in Dominica, in terms of creating a similar pathway for someone like you who was passionate about art and theater from the beginning, is there anything you could recommend to them um, in terms of um, nurturing other young people? Because one of the things we like to do with this program is not only just reveal financial opportunities, but also provide hope to our young people because our young people need hope and guidance and direction. So what would you say if you were to advise anybody in authority about just you know doing a little bit more for our young people? Mm -hmm. So if I heard um, that there's there's not many programs in schools, I think that's the first that's the first major issue. If that, if it's not nurtured, if it's not nurtured, being nurtured in the home, and it's not being nurtured in the school, it, it there's it, it there's nowhere for it to go in a young person, you know. So I think that's the first step. Um, there needs to be exposure um, at a young age in schools, and if and, and if a student or some students show um, an interest and a passion and, and a talent and inclination, that needs to be invested in. And it, it's not, it doesn't cost much for a young person, you know, to send, to send a young person somewhere for an event, for a festival, for some kind of cultural exposure. There's lots in the Caribbean to send, to send, to, to make that investment. So I say, if it is being seen, it needs to be nurtured at a young age and it needs to be, a, a per, young person needs to see that it can be lucrative for them, that it is a career option. Because if you don't know that it's a career option, you won't think of it. Right. So I would say that's, those are the first steps that need to be taken. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the funding structures are or if they're, how, how people get funding for the arts. Um, I'm able to apply, like, uh, if I have an idea for a project, I can apply to an, a government body here and, and get some money to, to work on it so that I have time to work on it. I don't know if that's something that that is available as well, but that's very, it, it's key because if we don't have time to, to work on things, then we don't work on it. You know, there's, there's no time. You need, there, the, 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 the facts are, like in the in the world we live in, in the capitalist society, we need we need funds for things. So if if it's not funded, then it is a hobby. It it has to be a hobby because you have to have some other kind of jobs in order to sustain yourself. Um, I, I my my entire income comes from from the arts, and it has for many a long time, um, over a decade, I would say. So. Um, if that's not something that can be um, that can be replicated, that can happen, then there it, it can't be a full profession for somebody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, and you know, Sobers, I, I'm just happy that Kanika said a hundred percent of her income comes from the arts. Because think about it, Sobers, how many musicians, for example, in Dominica, we've had 20, 30 years in the business, and they still have and they still have, still have a regular job. So, right. so do you, do you, do you, do, are you encouraged that we will see some Kanikas in Dominica where they will be able to pursue art and music and, and, and theater 
as their, their careers, when you look at simple things like the Arab House of Culture still not even being completely uh, a rehab at this point, so that the night box that you guys just did had to be performed at the Goodwill um, High School. Yeah. So that's why I said, um, I said earlier that if we, if we are going to be world-class, if we are going to compete with the rest of the world, because basically that's what it is. We have to compete mm -hmm. with the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not competing with, with ourselves. And, and let's, let's, let's understand that. So, so when we do something in Dominica, that is not enough. It, it, has, to, it has to have a, a wider reach and a wider impact. So there, there are several things that we have to do. And, and we are very established in, in the school system, education, that has, we have to invest more in education and training. Um, have programs in the schools, give scholarships to young people to go and pursue studies in, in the arts. The same way we do in medicine or in, 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 in business and finance, which is great, you know, and, and STEM. But we have to have artists, we have to have cultural workers as well. And so we, we need to send more young people overseas to study, to study because we do not have the training facilities in Dominica. So, so that is clearly one of the imperatives for us, the education sector. But the funding has to be has to be available to and a structured, um, an open funding system that allows artists and art entrepreneurs to have access to those funding. That there's no there's no income, um, no, no, no no problems in accessing those funds when they are available for the arts and culture. So 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 we need to create an arts foundation, an arts fund in Dominica to su support and to sustain the work of artists. That's sort of one of the things. But also, <laughs> we have to build a whole cadre of persons to support the arts, the, 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 the sector. So we have to build a stronger and more robust ecosystem around art and culture, not just music or film or, or, or visual art, but just the entire um, ecosystem in support of, 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 of art and culture. That is to say, the, peop the people, the, hu the human resource. That is to say, the, the spaces that we require for us to, to perform and to produce and to manufacture stuff. That is to say, we, we have to have um, the technology and the investment in new technology that enables our artists to connect with the rest of the world much easier and much faster. You know, that is to say that we have to have intellectual property laws that mm -hmm. are impossible, you know, that provide opportunity for us to, to make, to, 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 to earn from our intellectual property um, assets. Because as it stands, the artists, a lot of artists now create stuff and they, don't really, they are not rewarded in, in, a, in any significant way for the, for the, for the work. Because people, people, people um, infringe on the copyright, they will take it and they do anything that they want. To so all of those issues we have to put into place in order for us to be able to have a strong um, cultural industry. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just looking at Kanika and I'm just, you know, I'm so impressed because I'm just thinking to myself, first of all, chances are she would not have had this opportunity if she was born and raised in Dominica. We just have to be, we have to be truthful. We have to be honest. But, but, no, but, right? I mean, but look at the promise and potential of, 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 of Kanika. So I'm holding her up as an example of what is possible if we invest in our young people. But in my mind, I'm also thinking, but we are re re regressing. Because when we don't even have the Arab House of Culture, a place where you can put on a production, mm -hmm. and, and I just I heard the interviews 
um, on the radio for promoting the event because the event, the night box, um, which the Dr. Alwyn Bully Foundation uh, put on, um, I think it was August 13th, and I just heard about the struggles about having to bring in the lights, bring in the set, bring in the chairs, because the, the, the place where the play was being put on was not a real theater. So in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, good for Kanika, holding up as a, an example of what is, is possible. But in my mind, I'm also thinking we are regressing. So we're not even at base level. We've dropped back from base level in terms of the, the, the potential of theater in, in Dominica. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, really and I, I, I alluded to that, the fact that if, if we want to be to be globally competitive, if we want to be world-class, one of the things that we have to invest in is the spaces. We cannot, art can flourish without proper spaces for artists to perform, to mm -hmm. rehearse, to manufacture the work, and so on. So that is something that we have to do. And, and, and it's not just spaces in the capital city either, mm -hmm. or only. So it's not just our house of culture. I want to see those spaces in Maho, in St. Joseph, in Grand Bay, in 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 in, in Marigot, in the Kalinago territory, we have so that is one of the major imperatives for us going forward. You know, um, forty years ago we could have done it outside <laughs> and performed, and but today it's today's world. It, it is vastly different. You know what is required is much more. We need to do much more, and so the the onus is on is on, on us as a society, as us as a country to recognize the value of investing in those facilities, you know, and making those facilities these top class as well. We may been, we've been not be the, at, at the level of Canada or the United States, but at least we have to have basically basic, the most basic facilities in those spaces to allow our artists to be able to compete. Mm -hmm. That's as basic as that. Yeah, yeah and, and the importance of training as well, training our performers. So Kanika, let me come back to you because we also want to talk about honing your skills, right? So you're passionate about something. You, you no longer want it to be a hobby. You want it to be a career. So tell us about the importance of training, the importance of discipline, the importance of perseverance, you know, when difficult times came about for you. And then, of course, we want, to, we want you also, when we come back um, during the next round of questions, to tell us about your productions as well. Yeah, for, for sure. Um... So to start with training, um, I you don't have to go to a formal, um, you don't have to go to a university or college to have training. You have to do some sort of training. Um, I decided to go to the university route um, because academics were important to me as well. And I, there were other, I wanted that round education as well. Um, and also for me at the time, I thought it was important to have that degree. Um, I, I think it is. I think it was still important because I, I got to learn things um, that formed my ideas as an artist, even though they aren't certainly things that I, I want to do now, but certainly I can go back and say, oh, okay, Shakespeare, oh, okay, Chekhov, and I can reference things and bring it into my work or, ref or, um, or go against it in my work, you know? So... Um, so that was important, but there are also, you can train at other at organizations. I also trained um, with, I, I trained in Bella with um, Addie Henderson and Grand Bay of Cadibel. You know, that's training too, and that's important training. Um, it doesn't have to look like 
you know, A plus B equals C, and I went to a four-year program. Um, I also trained at other companies that were for Caribbean artists called B, like one was B Curran in Toronto, where they have a summer arts training program. So it, it keeps connected to the culture. So while you're getting that Western kind of European training, also supplementing it with, um, with training that was connected to my roots and culture. Um, so training is super important. It helps formulate your ideas and who you are as an artist um, and your skills. It makes the work stronger. Um, I also recently finished a, a screenwriting training program. Um, uh, yeah, as an, as an adult and a mother, I went back and I, I, I trained. I was interested in screenwriting and I was working in, uh, in television already, but I wanted to hone my skills and make sure that you know, I knew what I was doing. So it, it's something that can be ongoing. Um, in terms of struggles, I think I think the reality is, and a reason why parents parents and people do discourage young people from going in the arts is it does take a while to build a career mm -hmm. and and to reach the level of success that you see now. Like I'm in my I'm in my early 30s now. And I've been pursuing this since I was a teenager, you know, and only now am I winning the awards and, you know, receiving all the accolades and having my work presented on large scales and in large thousand seat theaters, you know, that wasn't the reality the whole time. Um, but that's a lot of professions, like a lot of professions it takes till your late 20s, early 30s to get to where you want to be or even longer than that. So um, it, 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 it takes years of study, it takes years of practice, it takes years of putting yourself out there and, and trying things in front of an audience and getting feedback, you know, and, and, and skill building. So, yeah, there were certainly times um, I, I put on a one-person show in my mid-20s and I was expecting, God, that's the one that's going to put me on the map, I'm going to make it. And, and it didn't, like it, a lot of people came and it got some good press and it got some good accolades, but at the end of the day, I was still where I was, you know? So that was, dis that was discouraging at the time. I was like, oh, I'm 24, you know, I'm 25, I'm supposed to make it by now. And you have these ideas in your head of when, when that timeline is that you're supposed to make it. And also I had, I had other goals, other than life goals. Like I, I wanted to own a home. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have children. I have done all of those things, um, but the the ups and downs of a career in the arts. Sometimes you have to have the fortitude to, to say, okay, you know, how can I continue on this career path even if there's a low? How can I continue to sustain myself by? You have to get creative, you know. Mm -hmm. So I worked in arts institutions, not necessarily as an artist, as an administrator for a number of years to get myself stable so that I could own a home, so that I could have a family as well. And on the side, continuing to train and to build my my um, my body of work. So it's a lot of extra work. You know, I wake up early in the mornings and write. I'd be writing late at night. Anytime I had vacation time, I would I would be writing. I wouldn't be going on vacation, you know. And so, um, and so, you know, it's it, it is a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of sacrifice, and it's a lot of mental fortitude, and just keeping your eyes on what the goal is, yeah. and and knowing yourself and knowing the value of your work. And the truth is, I knew 
um, that there was a gap in Canadian theater in representation at a certain level of Caribbean stories. So I knew that my work was going to be filling an important void. And so I continued to push for it, knowing that it was important and that there were communities that needed to see themselves represented and their stories represented and needed space on a professional theater level. So that's what was keeping me going is, it's like, no, I know my work is good. I know my work is important. I know it matters to people. And, um, and so I kept pursuing it and that's it. You just have to have that in your mind is like, what is your purpose and who is it for? Mm -hmm. uh, and that keeps it going. Me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and you know, guys, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to yeah. not let the cat out of the bag. But when you hear the concept that Kanika has created, I was complimenting her before the program. Mm. Uh, you will see why this is her her purpose. So she has turned her passion into her purpose because it is a, a, a concept that I don't think anybody else has thought about. So I can't wait for you to hear more details uh, that you will tell us. But Sobers, training, the importance of training, the, uh, the importance of having that support system, because as Tanika said, with everything that she just described, being disciplined, right? Having the mental fortitude, a lot of that support came from her family. So mm -hmm. having that, that, that family, that community, mm -hmm. even that government support, so let us talk about if there are any opportunities for training that can help our young people in Dominica, maybe regionally, maybe not necessarily in Dominica, mm -hmm. but at least have opportunities on a regional level to pursue arts and culture as a career. And, you know, let me just read a quick comment because we have um, Buyo legend uh, Derek Rapiders on the Facebook Live. And you can sense his frustration because he too has been in this cultural industry for over what, 30, 40 years, right? You can let us know. And he says, it has become so annoying to be talking so much time and time over, yet nothing is being implemented. Mm -hmm. And rightfully speaking, we make one step forward and turn backwards. So here we have a cultural icon from Dominica and he's venting his frustration mm -hmm. because he's thinking that, you know, after all these years, that we should be far. Yeah, we should have been far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, so let's talk about this. Um, so let's talk about yeah. and let us talk about frustration. <laughs> well, we have a lot of that. We have a lot to talk about. about. <laughs> but um, we will keep that one for 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 that uh, um, conversation. No, okay. But, um, yeah, I think Kenika has described it well. The, the training can be at different levels. Mm -hmm. So clearly, the, the formal university level, and we have, we have seen some Dominicans who have been sent out to be training or on their own have been out training um, in theater, in dance, in, 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 in visual arts, um, mainly those areas. Um, but we can do, as she said, we can do short-term, we can expose our people to short-term training um either through through the formal system through government programs but through organize organizations you know um through community um, based groups i think so so part of it is we have to 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 rethink the strategy in terms of how we work through these things so one we expect the formal government support in those areas but i think part of it too on the other side is 
we need to see a more active art movement in Dominica as well, taking on some of those roles, playing some of, some of that important um, function in, in delivering training, delivering opportunities. Because let us understand, you, and you, 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 you spoke about it earlier, that in some ways we have regressed because in the 70s and the 80s, maybe towards the early 90s, we had some powerful community groups and we had some powerful national groups. I mean, mm -hmm. Simotaxan Theater, Aquarian Expression, Waitikubuli Dance Theater Company, um, Steve Hyacinth New Dimension Theater, Movement for Cultural Awareness. Dominica has some powerful organizations and groups. They're providing training, they're providing opportunities and exposure to a wide number of young Dominicans. Somewhere along the line, we've lost that. Somewhere along the line, we dropped the ball in some ways. And so part of it is, we have to advocate for that, more of that at the national level, at the, at the state level. But also we have to advocate for us as, as cultural workers, as activists, to get, be more engaged, to, to build, to rebuild again, and to fashion a new, a new kind of cultural movement. It wouldn't, be the, it wouldn't resemble what happened in the 1970s with Simbakan Theater or Waitikubuli. It may be very different. But I think part of what we have to address is we ourselves must take ownership, take responsibility to do some of that work. So that, so, so that, is, that, is, that is clearly one of the, that we, have, we, have to, we have to rethink. Because, because if, we're going, if, if not, we're going to be blaming and blaming for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we, I don't think we, we, we have the energy or, the, or, 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 or anything else to continue doing that. So let us forge a new kind of partnership. Let us try to build back. So, so one of the things that we have put forward is the Orin Bully. Um, yes, um, I was just about to ask you to tell us more about that foundation. Right. So one of the one of the, the, the one of the main reasons for Orin Bully Foundation is obviously to help to to honor and to make sure that we recognize the value of this man's work. Mm -hmm. This man really contributed not only for Dom to Dominica's cultural development, but also the region and the world. He was an important player in that thing. But we also think that there are other things that we have to do. So we have to play. We think that we, we need to play and we must play a role in advocating for new sets of policy on culture and cultural industry. That's one. We have to advocate for opportunities for training and development in the arts. And we have to develop programs that is the foundation itself that enables cultural workers, artists, and people in the arts to work together to create and to find ways in which we can amplify the work of all women and to give greater voice to the stories that we have as Dominica. That will say it, said it very well because we have stories to tell, but we're not finding the ways to tell those stories. So we want to serve as a platform been able to do that and we think that we can best do that by one working with obviously the official official dam but two in partnership with other organizations locally and regionally there are there are organizations in the region that are ready and willing to work with us and so we will forge in those kinds of alliances and building collaborations with them but we have to be, we have to come up with some new new ways of doing things and so part of what we are trying to do now 
is to, to, is to unravel through the processes to get to this new creative thinking to how to build back a strong cultural industry. Yes, thank you for that. And let us already begin by talking about um, the production. So Kanika, can you just tell us about some of your productions and when you finally started making headway in terms of uh, your productions? Yeah, so, um, so my, my, not my first play, but the, the play that's, that's gotten the most accolades and awards um, recently is called Our Place. And it is about two Caribbean women who are working illegally um, or without documentation, undocumented in a Caribbean restaurant in Scarborough, which is, uh, Scarborough is a, a part of Toronto. Um, and there's a lot, where I grew up in Scarborough, um, it's called Toronto, there are a lot of Caribbean restaurants um, and I happen to know somebody who was in a situation, uh, um, a family member of my husband's who, um, who, who was deported and, um, and another woman who uh, married somebody she had just met in order to gain legal status. So that play was exploring the ramifications of um, having to marry for legal status and some of the struggles of um, Caribbean people trying to immigrate to Canada and some of the barriers that the Canadian government has imposed that make it difficult for people from certain places in this play, the Caribbean, to immigrate um, and, and having to have them make these difficult choices and compromises um, in order to, to gain a better life. So that was that play. Was, <laughs> even though it's a heavy topic, much of it was a comedy because, you know, Caribbean people were always, you know, have levity and humor, even in difficult subject matter. Um, so it's funny until it wasn't. And then, so that one, I, I just won actually um, one of the highest awards you can get in um, Ontario, Canada for, for the arts for that play. Um, and it was actually supposed to premiere a few years ago, but because of the pandemic, it premiered later, it premiered in... November 2021. So that's that one. And then, um, oh my goodness, just this past March, <laughs> it seems like so long ago, but it was this year, um, this past March, um, my opera called Of the Sea premiered um, at one of the larger theaters in, in Toronto, Ontario and Toronto. Um, and that opera was about um oh man it's a lot so i i want everyone to pay very close attention to what kanika is about to say because i don't think this concept as far as i know maybe someone can correct me if i'm wrong i don't think this concept has ever been uh presented so kanika go ahead yeah um so it's um i created an underwater magical world where the enslaved people who were tossed or jumped overboard during the middle passage um, created underwater life and have, have birthed these underwater kingdoms where they come to life and are kings and queens and powerful people under the water. So it's the story about a father who jumps overboard and takes his baby daughter. And when he awakens into the underwater kingdom, 
he realizes that he's made a mistake and he wants to get his his daughter back up to the surface to the sun god to give her life back so he goes on this voyage to find people who want to rebel and take back their lives on the land again and become living people again and so they they create these towers and they climb up to the surface and in the end they I don't know if I should give away, but in the end, they they emerge and realize that they are and always will be part of the water. And they always, some of them have different reactions. Some of them are enraged and they create hurricanes, they create storms, and some of them become the creatures in, in the depths of the sea. Um, so the whole, the whole kind of hypothesis of that is that the sea is forever, the seas are forever changed by the bodies of our ancestors and the matter of these, those bodies are not forgotten. <laughs> I can see why it was called magic realism, Kanika, because <laughs> I mean that, and I want to get Soba's um, impressions on this because I saw him smiling because he too was impressed. But, you know, it is so fascinating when I, I, I listened to another interview that you did that Lorraine Delson sent me. And again, Lorraine, thank you for that. Um, and it talked about the fact that we've always explored our African ancestors before the Middle Passage journey. We explored their lives when they got to the Caribbean and, and the, the, the USA and the other places that we were enslaved. But no one has thought about what you just um, told us about those who left off the ship, those who were thrown over during mm -hmm. the Middle Passage. And here you are with your creativity coming up with the thought of the people who fell to their death in the ocean and creating this magical story. I'm saying this and I'm getting goosebumps, honestly. This magical story about them regaining a kingdom because we all came from kingdoms in Africa creating that kingdom underneath the water, right? Where we're still kings and queens. So I thought it was fascinating. And congratulations, Akanika. I want to find out from you what the reaction to that yeah. particular opera has been. But Sobas, I want your reaction. Well, I mean, clearly, you know, it's it, it also, I mean, if we look at different kind of perspective, one is the connection that we as Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean people has had with, if, if, if um, our seas <laughs> and, and, and the waters, I mean, this, the sea is now an important part of the, not just the way we connect with, with each other as a, as a Caribbean society, but also it gives us sustenance. Build, we have the, the, the blue economy, um, which is so important for us now in, in, in these times, and we see the great value of, again, utilizing the resources around us to enhance our livelihoods, to enhance our, our, our civilization. So I think from that perspective, I mean, great. But again, I think what it does talk to is the fact that we have stories in the Caribbean that we can tell to the rest of the world yes. that is unique, that is different. Our stories are important. They're unique and, they're important. and different. Because look at how she talked about the immigration right. situation. So many people can identify with That's that right. story. And it's not right. being told. And it's not yeah. being told. But it's also have to be told to in, 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 a, in a manner, in a form that entertains, that educates and enlightens people as well. Um, because again, it, if we're talking about a, a, an industry, there has to be that element of, of how we package that 
how we sell it to the rest of the world. Because we see, we see what is happening in Hollywood and in Bollywood and in Hollywood. And, and we can talk about, um, we're talking about film and, and the audiovisual sector. Mm-hmm. We, see, we see what has been happening in those parts of the world. They are, they, are, they are telling their stories in their own unique ways and their own unique styles. And mm-hmm. so we are compelled now in the Caribbean to begin to do that. Yes. And, and, and so, so people like, like, like Tanika and others who have started that, that process. And, and the truth is the film industry in the Caribbean, it's a growing industry. It's an emerging industry. It's not a big industry as yet. But what we need, just like what we need to see in fashion, fashion and, and, and theater, we have to be able to develop the capacity to tell stories and to produce works that the world will want to see and will want to consume. So that is a challenge we, we are faced with now. And so this, this conversations that we're having is really about how do we fashion and build an industry that can take our creativity and our geniuses and to monetize them so that we can, we can have a better way of life and sustain ourselves. We know that's not going to be easy. You are listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. Just heard a portion of the interview that we did regarding the film, theater, opera um, sectors in Dominica. And what I will do, I will be sure to post the entire interview on our face. Well, it is on our Facebook page, but I will be sure to post it on pushpastend.com so you can see the interview in its entirety. So again, p u s h p a s d one zero dot com. P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com for the rest of the interview. And while you're there, don't forget to click on the YouTube channel link for all the interviews that we've done and also to click on the media area so you can access any past podcasts of Untapped Potential if you missed any episodes along the way. So we're continuing to grow. We're continuing to do great things here on uh, Untapped Potential and Roots Connections. We continue to highlight the great work that Dominicans at home and abroad are doing to advance the lives of Dominica. And it is, also, it is always great to hear from everyone who's interested in being a part of this movement. So if you too would like to be uh, in, if you too are interested in being a part of the movement, you can reach me at pushpasten at gmail.com. Again, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0 at gmail.com. So it is always great to be here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. I always look forward to our time together. If this was your first time joining us, I hope that you will set your reminder to be here every Tuesday from 5.30 Eastern Standard Time.
time right here on TDN Radio uh, for another episode of Untapped Potential. And if you're a loyal listener, I want to thank you for your support. Thank you for being on this journey with us, a journey to celebrate the beauty and uniqueness of the Caribbean while working to advance the lives of the people of the Caribbean, whether at home or abroad. So let's do it again next week right here on TDN Radio with Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. And uh, if you follow me on social media, on Facebook in particular, you would have seen a little video I just did talking about heading home to Dominica for Creole Festival at the end of October. So I'm looking forward to not only being a part of the celebration, but also bringing you uh, part of the celebration. So if you're interested, you can follow us on Push Past 10 on Facebook as well as on YouTube. So you won't miss any of the action. So follow us on Facebook and subscribe to the YouTube channel, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0 on YouTube. So you can follow along with all that we're doing to celebrate and advance our people. So again, thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential. Don't forget that your life challenges, that your life challenges is your strength. All the challenges you faced in the past have prepared you for the challenges that you face today. So remember to stay strong, stay positive, stay active, stay engaged, and remember to tap in to your potential every day. So until we meet again, right back here next week at the same time, you have yourself a productive week.